Well, welcome back. Tonight, we're talking about part three of our new series that we started this week, The Fundamentals of Faith. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss tonight. I'm going to share the secret ingredients of having a successful faith life. Stick around with me for a while. Share this with a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. And if you're on Instagram right now, down in the bottom right-hand corner, click that arrow, send it to a friend, send it to two friends, send it to whoever you got to send it to. We're going to round up this series that we've done on faith and the fundamentals. The fundamentals of faith. The reason I started this series, I had shared, uh, I think in part one and part two, was because I was down in Louisiana last week with Pastor Mark Hankins at the Supernatural Leadership Conference. And when I was down there, he shared a story about Vince Lombardi, the most winningest football coach in all of history, I believe. But before he was the most successful football coach, he did not have a very good record. I think they had just finished their last losing season. And at the end of the last game of the season, he went before his team and he, he had a football in his hand. And he held it out in front of his boys and he said, boys, this is a football. And he went back to the fundamentals. He brought them back to the basics. What a first down is, how you get a first down, what a football is, how to put on your shoulder pads, how to have a successful offense, a successful defense. And he brought them through the fundamentals of being a successful team with faith and anything according to the Bible. In order to have a victorious faith, you cannot leave the fundamentals. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing. It's a continual watering process that comes by the word. You can't listen to the word one time, get revelation on it, and then think that you're in a position to succeed. It's good once you get revelation, but you must continue the watering process, being watered by the word of God, continually hearing and hearing about the fundamentals of your faith. So in part one, I covered the basics of faith, that faith comes by hearing and you must believe the word of God. You must draw a line in the sand that makes you realize that nothing else matters. Second Corinthians five, seven says that we walk by faith, not by sight, not by natural sense. So once you draw that line in the sand and you say, all right, Lord, no matter what my circumstances tell me, no matter what the news tells me, no matter what anybody tells me, if the Bible says it. I believe it, and that settles it. When you get to that position, then you know you're in a place to have a successful, fundamental faith that will claim the victory for you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, that this is our victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It's our faith in Jesus. It's our faith in God. You have no trouble here, like Dr. Shambach used to say. All you need is faith in God. So when you understand that nothing else matters when it comes to natural sense, but you're only moved by the word of God and by hearing and continually hearing, then you're in a position to have victory constantly over the world. Jesus already overcame the world. He said, take heart. I've already overcome the world. Now it's our turn to overcome the world by our faith, our faith in Jesus and growing in our faith daily by the word of God. So part one, I covered hearing and hearing and believing the word of God. In order for the Bible to become effective, to become a weapon in your hand, it says in Ephesians 6 that it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. In order for God's word to become a sword that comes out of your mouth, that tears down strongholds and imaginations and plans of the devil, you have to believe the Bible. 
doesn't matter how crazy or outside of what you've been raised in religion to believe it is, you have to believe it. If the Bible says you are to live sin-free, to be a vessel set aside for honorable use, then that's the reality. If it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, that you are to be holy as your Father is holy, that's the reality. You choose to believe the Word of God because like Paul told Timothy, it is God-inspired. It is breathed out of the very mouth of God, and it is not to be wavered. It creates a foundation that is unshakable. So you got to believe it. The moment that you're in a position to believe it, then you receive what's called rhema, revelation knowledge of the Word. The poor in spirit are the ones that receive revelation knowledge. When God sees that your heart is right, when God sees that you are poor in spirit, you're not spiritually arrogant, then he allows you to receive revelation, revelation knowledge. It says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, that God's people, he says, my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. I want you to type this in the comments for me. I will never lack revelation knowledge. I will never lack revelation knowledge. God said, my people destroy themselves due to a lack of knowledge. When you choose to be poor in spirit, to not be spiritually arrogant, you will not lack revelation knowledge. You'll go in a position in life from glory to glory, victory to victory. You'll continually move upward and you will not lack revelation knowledge. Every season that you're in, every mountaintop that you get to that the Lord promotes you to, he will give you the revelation knowledge necessary to not only stay there, but to move up higher. Part two, I covered the speaking and acting aspects of your faith. I went over the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She heard the reports of Jesus. She believed them. And she said out of her mouth, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Not I might be made whole. Not if it's God's will, I'll be made whole. She said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she was. So she believed, she spoke, and she acted on her confession. She acted on the word of the Lord that came out of her mouth. So now that we understand how faith comes, we know how faith is activated by our believing and by our speaking. Tonight, I want to give you the secret ingredient to staying consistent with your faith. The thing is, is many people receive revelation on faith. They receive revelation on the spirit of faith, on believing and speaking. They get it. But I have seen people that don't stay the course. Just like anyone when it comes to the Christian walk, there's people that get off. But what I've noticed gets people off of the faith train, we'll call it, is what I'm going to share with you tonight. These are two things that are necessary, absolutely necessary. They're not probable, they're necessary in order to keep a solid faith, is patience and contentment. Patience and contentment. I want you to write that down. Patience and contentment. The secret ingredients of powerful, long-lasting faith. Remember, Paul said, we fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because you win it. But the only fight that a believer has, Brother Hagen used to say, is the good fight of faith. So as a Christian, you just resist the devil. You don't have to fight the devil. You resist him. What you have to fight is unbelief and doubt. You have to fight the good fight of faith. 
But when you understand patience and contentment, the good fight of faith will lead you from victory to victory. Patience and contentment. Go with me in your Bible to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 2 through 4. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. I want you to highlight that and underline it. Knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. So it's not wrong to have your faith tried. Now I went over the other night in verse 13. It says, don't let anyone blame God for the trying of your faith. It's not God. But there is a benefit to the trying of your faith. Listen to this. Verse 4. But let patience perfect its work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Count it all joy. When your faith is being tried, that means when there's a mountain in your way that it doesn't look like it's moving yet, you laugh at it. You count it all joy. Pastor Hankins says you count it all joy literally. Ha! One joy, two joy, three joy, four joy. Ha 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 at the devil. You count it joy and you stay in the joy of the Lord for it is your strength. Faith and joy run in tandem together. They're parallel on the same journey. When you're in joy, you're in faith. When you're in faith, you're in joy. Because the Bible says that your faith works by love. And what are the fruits of the Spirit? They're peace, joy, and love. So when you're in love, you're in joy. When you're in joy, you're in faith. When you're in all three of those, patience is no big deal. So it says, count it all joy when your patience is being perfected. Don't give up. When you're speaking scriptures, when you're standing on the word, when it looks like there's an impossible situation, your patience is what will perfect you. And then you will lack nothing. It says, let patience perfect its work in you. Patience will prove your genuine faith. Have you ever been contending for someone or for something in the faith, but it's just not happening right away in the natural That moment is the most crucial moment to stay in joy and to stay in faith when your patience is being tested. Many people give up at that point. And that's why they they buck against the faith message. That's why they'll buck against what the Bible says and they'll start living a life based on their experience because they gave up too soon. And they'll just say, well, God must not heal anymore. God must not do this anymore. It must be God's will for me to be in this situation. But the reality is, if the situation is contrary to the word of God, they just gave up too soon. It says in Galatians chapter 6, God is not mocked. So if God is not mocked, then what his word says is true. But it says, don't grow weary in doing good. So you don't grow weary when you're standing on the word of God. You don't grow weary when you're slinging stones at the giant. You don't grow weary when you're confessing God's word over your life. And if you don't grow weary, it says you will reap in due season. Let patience perfect its work in you. 
And then it says, the result will be you being perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Type this in the comments. I shall lack nothing. Patience will perfect you until you lack nothing. Isn't that scriptural as well? It says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. It says in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So what it means is that patience will perfect a work in you to where you become so aligned with the word of God, God's blessings overtake you, God meets all of your needs according to his riches and glory, and because the Lord is your shepherd according to the word, even your wants are taken care of. But this all happens in the patience process. People give up in the patience process because they're not content. And I'll get into that in a second. But if you'll stay content with where you're at, knowing that you're not going to stay there, but God's taking you higher, then patience will perfect its work in you. I know for me, a couple years ago, the Lord told me to quit my job, told me to dissolve a business told me to go full-time into TikTok ministry. I became the TikTok pastor. <laughs> was not what I was aiming for. But I obeyed the Lord. And for about two years, I felt like I lacked everything. I was barely paying rent. I was barely feeding myself. Although, just to correct myself, I didn't lack a thing. I was never in lack. All my bills were paid. I've never lacked food. I think there was maybe one or two times that I had to fast because I couldn't feed myself. But it was my fault because I would go to conferences and I'd sow my whole bank account, which is a good thing. That's not bad at all, but you gotta you reap the benefits of that, which the benefits were that Shoddy Thick had to lose a couple pounds because I had to force myself to fast. Yeah, Kinsey liked the TikTok pastor thing, huh? But uh Anyway, there were times during that processing, the working and perfecting of patience in my life that I could have given up. There were many times where I could have said, man, this doesn't work. Deuteronomy 28 must not be for your boy. I could have said Psalm chapter one must not be for Talon. Everybody else could walk in it, but maybe not me. I, there were multiple opportunities that I could have given up, but I didn't because the Bible says God is not mocked. God is not mocked. And I stood on that no matter what. I knew the Lord was true to his word. And he didn't let me down. Not one time. I want to let you know, God will never let you down. He'll never, ever let you down. There was a time when uh, this was during these like two years where it was just, it seemed impossible, man. I'm telling you, it was nuts. I think every minister or every person that obeys God I don't want to like prophesy this, but every time I've talked to somebody, they all say in the process of patience and perfecting your faith that they've all gone through a season like this, a season of very little. That's why Paul said, I've learned how to be content in abundance and in a little. He didn't say in lack because the righteous are never in lack and their seed are never begging for bread. But he said, I know what it's like to have a little. And in that season of a little, there was a time where the Lord had told me, to almost empty out my bank account. I think I had like $600 to my name. There was another minister that the Lord had told me to give $540 to. And it was a specific number. It was like if I would have felt a nudge to give 500 bucks, I'd be like, ah, I must have had something funny to eat for lunch. But this was like $540 and it was beaten on me. Like I had to give it. Now, I, if, I felt like if I didn't give it, 
I was going to die. That's just the only way I can explain it. So I sent this $540 to this minister, even though it seemed nuts in the natural. It seemed like, it seemed like the last thing I could do. My bank account was empty. How am I going to pay rent? At the time I was down in Florida, how am I going to get home? And I let patience perfect its work in me. Every time one of those lies would come up that you just did the dumbest thing you ever did in your life. Anytime that thought would attempt to come up, I would dance. I would rejoice. I'd, I'd speak the word. I'd declare it. I'd say, thank you, Lord. My harvest is coming into my hands. You're not mocked. Your word is true. And I'd start speaking like that. Every time that I had an opportunity to get into doubt and unbelief, I fought the good fight of faith. And three days later, three or five days later, something like that, someone came up to me and gave me $12,000. But think about that. Those five days or however long it was, I had five days to sit there and look at my bank account as it went almost to zero thinking I'm going to be trapped in Florida. And I'm not the kind of guy, I don't think this is, I mean, it could be pride. If it's pride, we'll we'll take care of it. The Lord will get it out of me. But I'm not the kind of guy that asks for favors. So nobody knew this. No one knew I was like almost empty in my bank account. I don't ask for favors. God is my supply. God is my source. I don't need favors. I meet favors. And uh, that's the way I looked at it. But I had five days that I could have given up and I didn't give up because God is not mocked. I'm so thankful that patience perfected its work in me because now it's a testimony to where if something like that were to ever happen again, the Lord allowed patience to perfect faith in me that I have the faith now to never go backwards beyond that point that I was at. That's what it means when the devourer is rebuked for your sake. I'll never go backwards. My faith is at a level now to where I can't go any lower than I am today. Because my faith has been processed and I can't go backwards. Faith is eternal. Faith is supernatural. So once faith is in you, you don't go backwards. It stays with you forever. Anyway, that's a tangent. Let patience perfect its work in you. Brett liked the shoddy thick thing, huh? Praise God. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. Somebody type that in the comments for me. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. It says, so that you may not be lazy, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. Highlight that in your Bible. Don't be lazy, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience have acquired or inherited the promises of God. Watch what you go talk to anybody who's ridden the faith train and they're growing in faith continuously and you'll understand why they are where they are, where they are. Here I are, (laughs) why they are where they are because there was testing and trying of their faith. There were seasons of patience and contentment through faith and patience have obtained the promises of God. The way you obtain promises of God is by doing what other people have done. Jesus said a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a student greater than their teacher. If somebody is beyond you in the faith, what makes you think you don't have to go through what they went through to get what they have? You must be an imitator. Now, I'm not talking about like sin and falling into poor decisions. You can take wisdom from them and not have to make the same decisions that they made. But you learn from them as an imitator through faith and patience and you inherit the same promises that they've inherited. 
but it's through faith and patience. Somebody type this in the comments. Faith, I'm sorry, patience and contentment are the secret ingredients to faith. And I want you to write this down. Patience without faith has no power. So you could be like chilling with all the patience in the world. All right, Lord, I believe it's your will for whatever it happened to me. And then you're like the most patient guy on earth, but you never get healed of cancer and you just die. You have to be able to put your faith to work. Patience without faith will have no power. But listen to this. Faith without patience will have no longevity. So you might have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have patience then the moment that your faith doesn't move your mountain right away, you'll be out with all the other people that make their doctrine and put it on Netflix because of their experience. So you have to have patience. Yeah, where is that thing? Let me... You know who you are. <laughs> anyway, through faith and through patience. That's right, Dana. Patience without faith has no power. But faith without patience has no longevity. You've got to stay patient in the trying of your faith. And count it all joy. The key to staying patient is laughing. Ha ha ha. You got to stay in joy. When you stay in joy, then your faith continually flows. But the moment that you get anxious, the moment that you get stressed, the moment that you get worried about what's happening in the natural, you cut off the flow of your joy. The moment you cut off the flow of your joy, you cut off the flow of your faith. Somebody type joy keeps me in faith in the comments. Ha ha ha. That's my pastor laughing with you, laughing at the devil. Stay in joy. Joy is supernatural. Joy keeps you in the faith. Joy keeps you going. I like how Pastor Hankin says it. Joy is the serious business of heaven. I believe it was a C.S. Lewis quote. Joy! Ha, ha, ha. Praise God. All right, let's go to one more. Go to Titus chapter 2. Yeah. When was the last time we read Titus? I'm going to find that book, huh? Titus chapter 2. Jude. Titus chapter 2, verse 2. See? Bruh, where's Titus? I'm the preacher and I can't find Titus. Hey, Gabby on YouTube. Good to see you. Jane on YouTube. Hello. Brady, I love you. You misspelled ha 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 ha, but that's okay. That's Spanish. You're, you're bilingual. I see it. There it is. Titus chapter 2. Verse 2, listen to this. Older men should, well, all right, we won't even worry about that. Let's go to the second half of it. Sound in faith, in love, and in patience. So it says that the Christian man should be sound in faith, in love, and in patience. If you're impatient, you are not sound. Patience isn't always easy, but it will perfect your faith walk. So I want you to write that down in your notebook. Say, I will be sound 
in patience. And developed. You'll be developed in patience. It says in Romans chapter 4 verse 21 that Abraham did not weaken in faith even considering his natural state. He's 100 years old, his wife is 100 years old, but God promised him a son. But he did not weaken in faith. He stayed patient. And it says in Isaiah 51, remember the rock from which you've been hewn. Remember your father Abraham. So our faith is to match our father Abraham. Abraham did not weaken in faith. He was patient until he inherited the promise of God. We will not weaken in faith. We will be patient until we inherit the promises of God. All right, let me close up quickly with this. Contentment. Point number two. Write this down. Contentment. Type it in the comments for me. Contentment. Contentment. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 with me. Would you mind getting me a tissue, Ken? Please and thank you. First Timothy chapter 6. Thanks. Excuse me. I don't want boogers getting all over our new microphone. Praise God. Probably lose half the crowd now. That was disgusting, huh? All right. Anyway, <laughs> First Timothy, you just gotta, ha ha ha. You gotta laugh. First Timothy chapter six, verse six. We'll start here. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Highlight that. Remember it. Let it be written on your heart. Godliness is great. Powerful faith is great. Signs and wonders and miracles are great. But contentment is where the power's at. That's where the great gain is at. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Hebrews chapter 13 with me. Verse 5, let your lives be without the love of money and be content with the things that you have. Some people would say I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm 100% a prosperity preacher. I believe 100% that the Bible is true. It's divinely inspired. It says that God's people are to prosper even as our soul prospers. God made Abraham prosper, David prosper. He made Solomon prosper, the richest man that's ever walked the planet. Every person that ever had a covenant with God, they prospered. I totally believe in prosperity. But one of the keys of prosperity to not fall into the trap of loving money, because the Bible does say that the love of money is the root of all evil, doesn't say money is evil. It says when you fall in love with money, that is where the evil's at. So in order to not fall in love with money, you must have godliness with contentment. That's why it says, let your lives be without the love of money and be content with the things that you have. Is God going to bless you? Absolutely. 
as your patient, be content in your patience and watch the blessings of the Lord overtake you. Because here's the reality. The worst thing that could happen, because God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. The worst thing that could happen is God blesses you more than your character can handle. And you fall in love with the blessing of God and you lose your relationship with God and you end up in hell. None of us want that. I don't want that. You don't want that. The blessing on this earth is mighty. The promises of Abraham are mine. But there's nothing that compares to spending eternity with Jesus Christ. So never allow yourself to get outside of contentment. Wherever you're at right now, be patient. But here's the thing. I want you to understand this. Patience is not laziness. Contentment is not laziness. Patience is confident expectation to what the, of what the Bible says is coming to pass in your life. Confident expectation. Your hope is confident. You know this is what the Bible says. I believe it. That settles it. It's happening to me. So you're in a constant position of striving, of going forward, of inheriting the promises of God, but you're content with where you're at right now. I'm content with where I'm at right now. I'm not lukewarm. I'm not complacent about it by any means. I work my tail off. Our whole team does. We get content out to you all week long. We get the word out and God gets the money in. So you're content without being complacent. Type this in the comments. I'm content, but I'm not complacent. Meaning I want more. I hunger. I thirst for righteousness. I thirst for more. I hunger for more of God and his promises. I'm not complacent. We'll go over a couple more and then I'll pray for everybody. Go to Philippians chapter 4 with me. This is probably the best example in the New Testament of contentment. And Paul tells us the key. The reason why he was so successful in times of abundance and lack. This is what he says. So he's acknowledging the Philippian church. Because they blessed him financially. And this is what he says. He exhorts them. Starting in verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Regarding this, you did care, but you lacked opportunity. I do not speak because I have need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So Paul is thanking the church for blessing him financially. He said, not that I was in need. He had no needs. The Bible says in Verse 19, God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. So Paul knew, hey, I don't have any needs. He said, because I've learned what it means to be content in whatever state I'm in, if I'm in abundance or if I have little. But I want you to get this right. He didn't say if I'm in lack because Paul was never in lack. To be in lack means that you're in debt. It means that you owe money. It means you don't have enough to feed yourself. It means you don't have enough to go on. He was never in lack. He had little all of his needs were met, but he didn't have abundance. So he knew what it was like to be in abundance and to be in a little, but never in lack. I want you to understand that. You are not to lack. All of your needs are to be supplied according to God's riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And you can stand on that. You can believe that. You can press into that. You can claim that promise. 
I know both how to face humble circumstances and how to have abundance. Everywhere and in all things I have learned the secret both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound. And I don't know what the other verse is. I don't like the verse or uh, the translation it uses here. But to have abundance and to have little. And he says in verse 13, I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. Contentment will give you strength. It will give you longevity. It will give you peace that surpasses knowledge. Understanding how to be patient and content while you're waiting for the promises of God to come to pass in your life. All right, let's read one more. Go to Psalm 37. And we'll close with this tonight. What a joy it is to know that I'll never lack any good thing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Not only are my needs supplied, all my wants are supplied. Listen to these promises. Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and practice faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not only does God promise that all of your needs will be met in Christ Jesus in his glory, he also says, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. You will lack no good thing, and if you delight yourself in me, I will give you the desires of your heart. God will bless you. You stay in God's word. And it says in John chapter 15, verse 7, I believe, he says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will ask whatever you desire according to the word of God, and it will be given to you. You pray according to the word of God, and God hears your prayers. He'll answer them through faith and patience. It'll perfect faith in you, and you will inherit the promises of God. I speak that over you this year and over your life. You will inherit the promises of God. I want you to type that in the comments for me. Say, I will inherit the promises of God. Praise the Lord. Well, that concludes our series on faith. If you missed part one and part two, 100%, you absolutely must go watch them. They will change your life. Teaching the fundamental aspects of faith. How to make your faith work for you. Every exploit that was ever done in the Bible was an exploit of faith. Every person that killed a giant, moved a mountain, crushed an army, brought down walls, brought people into the promised land. Any person that ever inherited what God had for them, it was acquired by faith. So understanding how to make your faith work for you will make all the difference in your walk with the Lord. Well, before I pray for people, I want to give people an opportunity to give to the advancement of the gospel. If you're familiar with what we do here, we feed 900 kids every single month in other countries. We also preach the gospel. Here's a cool picture I took, or I didn't take. Someone sent it to me. This was a, a crusade-type event that we did a couple months ago over in Orange City, Iowa at Northwestern College. There was like 800 people. I know you can't see it on YouTube, but they can see it on Instagram. There was like 800 people uh, that attended. And I want to say like three or 400 of them came up to give their life to Jesus. What a blessing. There's more. I'll show you some more pictures. Then I'll give people an opportunity to give to the ministry. Here's a picture of the kids that we feed in other countries. Ah, what a blessing. It just brings me so much joy. So this is good soil. 
This is very good soil. When you bring your offerings here, you can expect a good return. God is doing something powerful in this ministry. So, if you've been blessed by tonight's message or by any of these messages, this is what I want you to do. I want to encourage you to give the biggest seed you've ever given in your life. Put patience to work in your life. Allow your faith to grow tonight. Now, only give what the Lord tells you to give. I never want to tell you to like give more than God tells you to give, but I do know God, and He's a radical giver. He even gave His own son. So, I do know that God likes big giving. I remember that time when I only had $600 in the bank and the Lord told me to give 540 of it and he blessed me with $12,000 a few days later. If you're believing God for a mighty harvest, if you're believing God to do a miracle in your life, your seed will meet your need. So I encourage you tonight, if you've been moved by this ministry and you want to see Generation Z lit on fire with the gospel and if you want to see a harvest shaken loose in your life, these are the different ways that you can help us out in what we're doing over here at Revival Way Ministries. You can give on Venmo at Revival Way, one word. You can give through Cash App, dollar sign Revival Way. You can give through PayPal at Revival Way. Or you can give through our website, RevivalWay.com. Click Partner Financially today. I'm believing God for 100 monthly partners. I'm believing for 100 people to say, I'm going to partner with you in the advancement of the gospel. And uh, we're well on our way. God's bringing them in. So I encourage you. Ask the Lord what he would have you give. And uh, I like to give shout outs. I give people time to give financially. And then I like to honor you. Because we take your financial giving very seriously. And we're very blessed by it. We don't take it lightly at all. Tricia, I want to say thank you for your giving. Amanda, thank you for your giving. You're such a blessing. Faith, thank you for your giving. You're such a blessing. Demario, thank you. Camille, thank you. Brittany Castillo, thank you. Ceylon, thank you. That's right. Every seed sown eventually has a payday. Thank you, Gabby, for your seed. Yannicka, thank you for your seed. God bless you. You know, I'll share some cool testimonies with you. Uh, just because one of the testimonies is on here right now. She has a great testimony. But there was a girl a couple of weeks ago who sent in $1,000 to the ministry. And she said, I'm believing the Lord is going to give me a raise at my job. So here's a $1,000 seed into the ministry. And I'm believing that God's going to bless my job and give me a $10,000 or more raise. Well, a few days later, she shot me a message on Instagram and she said, I just got a $10,000 raise and my boss is going to increase it even more. And, and I believe there was a house that she was looking for. And now she's getting like prospects for the house that she could afford because she got the raise. It was just like this huge, awesome testimony. And then there was another person uh, shortly after who was believing God to bless their new business that they just launched. And they sowed a $500 seed. And the Lord sent two people to them to encourage them right away at church the next Sunday. And they sowed financially into their business. And another person did a couple days later. And so this works. God will not be mocked. Whatever you're believing for, your seed will meet your need. I've seen it in my own life. I have plenty of testimonies. I screenshot, keep them on my phone to encourage me. And uh, the Lord will bless you financially. The Lord will bless you. Praise God. Well, thank you for your giving. 
I love you and I'm so thankful for it. Mercy's a big giver as well. And I'm very blessed by you, Mercy. Let me pray for your, uh, for your harvest. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, according to your word in Matthew 18, 19, I stand in faith with every person that gives tonight. Whatever they're believing for according to your word, let it be done unto them. For you said, if two touch and agree on a matter, it will be done for them. So we receive it now with thanksgiving. We give you praise and honor and glory for it. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're making a way where there was no way. Lord, we worship you with our giving tonight, and we will seek to advance the kingdom of God in all of its righteousness and watch everything else be added unto us. Bless every person on here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. I speak blessing. I speak healing. I speak success and prosperity and wellness. I speak that they will go higher in this next season of life in the name of Jesus. And everybody that received it said amen and amen. Well, I love you. God bless you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your big and generous giving. It makes a major difference. Don't forget, check this out. I'm going to play this Ministry Madness ad. Tomorrow night, we're launching off our new series called Ministry Madness. Excuse me, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a great time. I'll, I'll do it on Instagram as well as do it on uh, the computer here. Let me play it for you. You do not want to miss this. I'm telling you right now. Oh, there's that. Do we have the video of it? Do you know? All right, I'll let I'll Cade play the video. I couldn't get crack anywhere. Brother KK. Well, it's going to be awesome tomorrow night. Do not miss it. Share this with a friend. If you're watching on Instagram, make sure you, you post this on your Instagram story. You tag me in it. Send it to a couple people. If you're watching on YouTube, share it with a friend as well. And uh, text it to your grandma. Do whatever you got to do. I love you. We're out of here. Ha, ha, ha. See ya.